Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's up, everyone? Welcome in on this Thursday alongside Nicholas Moriano. I am Adam Hogue as we roll in our post-NFL draft coverage. And series sweep. White Sox over the Cubs and yes, got feels to represent good. wearing the uh, Hendricks jersey here, so it does feel good. I love that you have the Hendricks jersey on. He had a nice couple of days. He did, and you know he had a shaky start to the season. I'm like, that's not the Liam Hendricks I know. And seeing him like do this to the Cubs, I'm like, let's go. Were you worried that you gave him the Will Dewitt jersey curse? I ho- oh man, I hope not. I was thinking about that though when he was <laughs> going through that stretch. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm sorry, Will, but your your luck with um jerseys is just. It's terrible. I mean, sorry, got, not sorry. Whatever. Yeah, That's no, Will's problem, no, not yeah, ours. Honestly. But um, I'm glad that he's he's back in the swing of things, and the White Sox are, what, a three-game winning streak. Yeah, all of a sudden they won four out of five. There you go. And it just feels good when you beat the Cubs. And I actually got one of the play of the week right. You know, to you man, did. I was like, yes, finally. And, yes, you did. You know, I needed you, that. You I really nailed did. that. I should have given you a shout out for that on, <laughs> on Twitter. You actually nailed the uh, Tim Anderson hit the other night, right? It was just a hit. It was an RBI. RBI, and it and was the, home, the home, run. home run. Yep. But you didn't call it as well as Dylan Cease did. No, because Dylan Cease I saw that. literally predicted he was going to get home run opposite field over the Sloan. That side. was impressive. That was that was insane. Uh, anyway, this is the Bears show. So <laughs> um, welcome in. We're going to jump into some uh, conversation on these draft picks. Also, we got jersey numbers and we're going to play a fun game with some of the jersey numbers. Um, Kevin Kata jumping in here. Hey, where did the sun go? You should know by now you're only allowed to see the sun once every 43 days here. <laughs> So we got our one day of sunshine, and we'll see it again sometime in mid-June, I think. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. Shout out to the uh, Brian Urlacher uh, statue or whatever you want to call that yes. thing. That thing's pretty dope. That thing is sweet. It's got, like, dirt For those on of you there, watching like on the real. YouTube. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, we, so we got Walter and Urlacher up there now. It's looking good. Very it's good. looking good. Um, all right, so if you are a member on – CHGO, the allchgo.com. You may have seen my post draft Bears things column. Love working on that. It's like my favorite thing every year. And uh, first one for CHGO. So excited to have that up there. Members have seen it. But one of the exercises I do in that is to rank the draft picks. Not necessarily on how good of a pick is this, but rank them in terms of how quickly they can contribute. Another way of looking at it is how likely are they? to be active week one okay. against whoever the Bears are going to play. By the way, we're going to learn the schedule a week from today. Exciting. Uh, the NFL, you know how they like to make everything an event. They it figure is. this out uh, actually kind of due to COVID with the schedule release getting delayed. Mm-hmm. They realized, oh, post-draft, if we do another giant event a couple weeks later, everybody will care about the schedule, which is sort of hilarious because everybody already knows the <laughs> opponents. But... It, I love it. I actually it love schedule release day. I love it. Yeah. No, look, the NFL has figured it out where they can just own the entire calendar. Yep. And it's. Yeah, there's no off season. Yeah, there is no off season when it comes to football. My, my girlfriend's really knows. She's like, when do you like get off time? Like, and you just go. Ha, 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 ha. Basically, yeah. the first three weeks of July. And that's about that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's honestly. about it. Um, it's both a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. I don't like to complain about it because there are other sports that have much tougher off seasons than we do in terms yes. of <laughs> pumping out content. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't really stop, which again is both a good and bad thing. Uh-huh. But we have, uh, so we will have the schedule covered for you next week. Um, but in the meantime, 
Yeah, Adam, I just want to get your thoughts because, yeah. again, you ranked these these 11 draft picks that the Bears had, you know, just last week. And I just kind of want to go to the first one up there. Uh, who do you have as number one in terms of the guy that you see is going to be active on game day? So this is not always a list of, you know, the or a similar order of how they got drafted. Um, like last year, I don't think Justin Fields would have been top on the list because yeah. they pr- pretty much made it clear he wasn't going to play week one, uh, which obviously was a mistake. But, you know, it just depends on the situation. It depends on the depth chart. Yep. A lot of factors go into this. But in this case, I did go with Kyler Gordon, the Bears' first pick, uh, number one. Now, it was neck and neck with Jaquan Brisker. I'd say probably 1A, 1B on this list because I think Brisker, I think they're both going to play right away. Mm -hmm. But the one factor that bumped Kyler Gordon up is the Bears feel like he has the ability to play both inside and outside. And there's two open jobs there right now. So Brisker pretty much needs to fill in a one safety spot. Kyler Gordon has two opportunities, essentially, to see the field. So it's just sort of a numbers game there. Um, I really do think it's close, 1A and 1B. But Gordon, I think, fits this defense so well. He's got the ability. I know the Bears had a first-round grade on him, and they they ended up getting him at at 39. So um, I do think Kyler Gordon is very, very likely to be a plug-and-play starter. And I think it'll be on the outside. Even though he has a couple chances there, I do think it'll be on the outside. I just think he's too good of a fit. You know, I'll also say this, too. I look at the competition at the outside corner as opposed to what Brisker would go, maybe against, like, a DeAndre Houston Carson. Like, it's Kendall Vildor as the one guy that he has to kind of beat out and just seeing what Kyler Gordon is able to do, just the athleticism, the ability to play in this cover two scheme. I I agree with you that he's definitely going to be number one. Then you said 1A, 1B. Yeah. You have Brisker next. Yeah, Jaquan Brisker's second on the list. Again, just... uh, we we've talked about it on the show already. The Bears got themselves some some quickly contributing members of the secondary in the, secondary, yep. in the draft. Brisker's going to be the other guy. I think he's going to be a a very good pairing with Eddie Jackson, fit more into that strong safety role. Um, but he's you know you've seen the instincts on some of the highlights you've probably watched at this point. And again, it's it, you look at the depth chart. And I think they do like DeAndre Houston Carson. But DHC, you kind of already know what his role is and why he's stuck for as long as he has. Give him all the credit in the world. He deserves it. But he is ideally an ace special teamer, a guy that you work into certain packages into your defense. He's proven he can make plays in those spots. And if you need him to make a spot start, you could probably do that. But um, you, you, you drafted Brisker to be your second starting safety next to Eddie Jackson. I think that's probably going to be the case. Again, barring injury and all those types of things. But if all goes well, that should be you know how it works out. You know, the last time the Bears drafted a safety from Penn State and paired him along Eddie Jackson, it worked pretty well with yep. Adrian Amos. So that's hopefully the you know same outcome, but even better for, for Brisker and his career here with the Bears. All right. Now, number three, Adam. Wait, yes. quick, quick aside here. Yes. Uh, Pete. P- Inky Pig says, who will get a pick six first, Johnson or Gordon? Ooh. Man. I mean, we, we want to see six. Gordon dance. I know. We've already yeah, talked about he, that. He probably would do a flip in the end zone, to be completely honest, with that dance background. Uh, who will get a pick six first? I'm going to go Gordon. I think he'll have more opportunities to probably see passes, to be completely honest, than, than Brisker would. So I'm going to go with Kyler Gordon as getting a pick six before Jaquan Brisker. All right, I'm going to go with Brisker. 
Just because you said the other guy. <laughs> there we go. No, I. You Logic. know, you see some of the instincts, and he gets his hands True. on the ball. I, I think uh, I, it may, and maybe I know the question was pick six, but it could also be maybe a peanut punch or yeah. a fumble recovery. They returns for a touchdown. Both those guys are capable of doing. I that. just like that. He just reminds me of brisket, and that makes me hungry. Brisket around lunchtime. <laughs> that's what, I think so. that's what Will was saying too. Yeah, he went. He ended up getting a, a brisket later that day. Honestly. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. yeah, it works I'm out. Ready too. I'm gonna go to Green Street Meats after <laughs> this. All right, Adam. Going to number three on your list. Who do you got here as being being that guy? Jumping all the way to the seventh round here now. Stay with me on this. The punter, Trenton Gill. This actually isn't too complicated because if he wins the punter job, he's going to be playing week one. Is he going to win the punter job? I think yes, probably. he probably will. He's he's facing Ryan Winslow, who's really been a journeyman, not really stuck in any place. You use a seventh round pick. You use any draft pick on a punter. You're bringing him in to win the job. Now, if he's mm-hmm. terrible in camp, then you know, then, then, then maybe he, you know, he has to win the job. But I think he's a draftable punter. Obviously, they took him. They didn't even want to bother, you know, risking it in college free agency. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a very high likelihood that Trenton Gill wins the job. And if that's the case, then obviously he's playing week one. That's why I put him third on the list. Okay, and you know what? I knew that was kind of like your logic and why he was number three on your list. And now I want to kind of hear with number four with Valus Jones Jr., who you have there, just being right under uh, Trent Gill. Yeah, so the only thing, the only reason why he wouldn't be third over the punter is because I just don't know if he's technically going to be a starter. Um, but I think when you look at what Valus Jones Jr. brings to the table, there's a couple things that even before we get to the offensive side of things, I think we'll get him active week one. Okay. One, the wide receiver depth chart. Have you heard <laughs> about it? Have you seen it? Okay. So there's that, but I guess that was an offensive thing. But <laughs> what I was going to say is um, he can, he can be the punt returner right away. He's probably going to be one of your gunners. Yeah. Right away. Oh, yeah. Um, there you go. He's active week one, so that's why he's on the list. But beyond that, I think they do work him into packages, into the offense. I think they drafted him. Um, if you're going to draft a 25-year-old rookie, you're thinking he's going to contribute early. I don't think he's necessarily going to be playing even over 50% of the snaps. Um, but if they can work him into a quarter to a third of the snaps on offense and get him the ball – and quickly, he's the type of guy you're going to throw quick passes mm-hmm. to. You're thinking out of the backfield. I think you'll see him line up there. I think you'll see screens, bubbles. Um, you may see some end arounds, some jet sweeps, things like that. But I do think that Valus Jones Jr. is in the mix early. You know what, Adam, too? Like, looking just on him offensively, I wonder if the Bears this season are going to have – I wonder how often they're going to be in that 11 personnel. I know that's the NFL's all in, in 11 personnel, but – We've heard from Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, the emphasis on the run game. And I think the Bears are going to want to go those two tight end sets, you know, maybe more than we've seen in past seasons with Matt Nagy's offense. So just by the formation-wise, like Avalis Jones Jr. would probably come off the field maybe early on. But, yeah, definitely a guy that you're going to see on special teams, offense, at some point throughout the season because he can do so much, so versatile for, for the Bears and what they want him to do. Number five, Adam, who do you got? Treston Ebner. All right. The running back uh, from Baylor. Uh, again, though, just the more I watched him, the more – this is almost more, maybe more out of necessity, but I think they're going to have to work him in. Um, I think he's had a chance to be the kick returner too There's early a, yeah. on. So, you know, there's that side of it. 
again, we're just talking about guys that are that are likely to be active right away. You know, not be on the inactive list week one, not end up on the practice squad, but to be on the 53-man roster and active on game day to start. Um, this one's that not necessarily... I don't necessarily have the same amount of confidence as the other ones, which is why he's down to mm-hmm. fifth on the list. But um, I do think that there's a pretty good likelihood that, that he's involved in the return game. Um, and when you watch him, just his ability to catch the football out of the backfield, I think he's somebody that could actually push for the number two running back spot um, sooner rather than later and work get worked out on the field a handful of times a game uh, just because they're kind of lacking offensive weapons True. at this point. yeah. I just hope that this Bears coaching staff does a better job of getting a guy like Ebner on the field than what Matt Nagy and their coaching staff was able to do with like Khalil Herbert. He mm-hmm. anytime Khalil Herbert touched the ball, it seemed like good things were happening. We just just didn't see a lot of it. And yes, they do have David Montgomery, but you can find ways to kind of trinkle you know these guys into an offensive game plan in whatever game it may be. But yeah, definitely um, see want to see what Tristan Ebner can do. All right, number six, Adam, who do you got? Okay, this is where we go to one of the traits guys and a high traits guy, highly athletic, Dominique Robinson, the defensive end. Um, I'll tell you what, the biggest reason why he is maybe this high on the list, I mean, we're in the middle part of the list yeah. at this point, but the one thing that stood out to me about his um, track record at Miami, Ohio, is he was a he, he was involved in special teams. Like, yeah. heavily involved in special teams. So, sometimes you get, like, a defensive end that can't really contribute right away on special teams, and then if he's buried on the depth chart, then that results in him being inactive on game day. So, I think that background and just how quick he can play, even in that area, gives him a decent chance to play early on. And then they can bring them in in pass rush situations, obvious pass downs um, to go get the quarterback. So I don't think it's that crazy to think that Dominique Robinson can be somebody who who's up with a jersey week one. You know what, Adam, I, the comparison you made or like bringing Mark Anderson's name into the conversation of how he can maybe contribute for this defense, I think that fits because in those obvious you know passing situations, why not get an athletic guy like a Dominique Robinson, see what he could potentially do, but... He's number six on your list, and immediately after that, you go with another defensive player. Yes, I was. Uh, I, I guess from the point he got drafted until the time I wrote this, I it was was maybe the fastest riser on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, but Elijah Hicks, yeah. and again, um, probably just sounded like a special teams guy at this point. But this <laughs> is how you get on the field early as a rookie, and I I think the Bears really like him. I think I think that they like his energy. I think they like uh, his ability to to get his hands on the football. Um, so he could be somebody you, you throw out there, go make tackles, go try to punch the ball loose on special mm-hmm. teams, on kickoff, whatever it is. And um, that's why I don't think he's playing on defense early on by any means, but he's he's probably got the potential to work himself in as one of those backup safeties. Yeah, for sure. Or early on, and then somebody who's up on game day because he can – do what he does on special teams. And he just seems like he has the, the personality and the mindset to do whatever the yes. coaching, yeah. the coach, the coaches want out of Elijah Hicks. He's going to be the first one that will do whatever is asked of him. Um, but yeah, maybe in those dime packages later on in the season, you can find a way to get a guy like Hicks on the field. All right, Adam, who do you have at number eight on your list? All right. So you may have noticed we're seven guys in that leaves four draft picks. 
we haven't touched the offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, that's four linemen. So, <laughs> so the last four are the offensive linemen. Come on, Doug Kramer, Doug Kramer, Doug Kramer, go ILL. Just kidding. No, we are no. <laughs> no. we are going to go to Braxton, Southern Utah, and Braxton hey. Jones, um, who, you know, when they first drafted him, and it still applies, but high traits. And somebody who I thought would take some time to develop. Now, probably still going to be the case. It's why he's still eighth on this list. But the more and more I watched some of the film of these old linemen, um, he is the one guy who I think is going to stay at tackle, Mm -hmm. factor in at tackle. And since neither tackle spot is, you know, set in stone right now uh, with Larry Borm or Tevin Jenkins and injuries happen. There's not a lot of depth at those positions. I think Braxton Jones is going to be the guy that has a chance to rise a little bit in training camp, um, use some of those traits. I'm sure they're going to try to coach him up quickly. And none of us really know how he'll take to the NFL. Mm -hmm. One of my concerns about Jones is, and it's really not his fault, but not only did he play at an FCS school, he didn't play at a good program. Yeah. Um, and I've I just heard some mixed reviews about his senior bowl. And one of the things that sometimes can factor into that is if you hadn't played in a while. Some of those guys that show up at senior bowl like just played in the bowl game like a couple weeks earlier. Yeah. And then there's other guys like Braxton Jones that really hadn't played football in almost two months at that point because their seasons had ended yeah, in, in November. Yeah. And so I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy, but I do I do wonder how much that factor in and maybe help the Bears grab him when they did. But let's not forget he was the first one they drafted. Obviously means they like him a yeah. lot. Since there is a need at tackle right now, I think he gets thrown in that mix. So I'm not necessarily confident that any of these old linemen will be up week one, mm-hmm. but I think he might have the best chance to at least maybe be the backup, even swing tackle early on. You know, it just helps that he's, he's staying at that tackle position, like you were saying. Because there are some of these guys on this list that we'll get to that are probably going to have to switch positions from what they played in college. So, at least they have the, some familiarity there. All right, Adam, let's go to number nine on your list here. Yeah, this is where we go to Zach Thomas, who, um, you know, a lot of work goes into these rankings and my post-draft Bears thing. So, you know, a lot of this is based on people I've talked to and some Mm -hmm. phone calls. Zach Thomas right away was the one when they drafted him. I thought, he looks like a guard to me. You know, I know he's playing left tackle, but I I just look at his body type and I see he's got limited mobility on the outside, but if you move him inside, I think he's a really good fit for this outside zone scheme. Um, And so I do think he will factor in at right guard and potentially be given a chance to win that job. Um, I just have no idea how it'll go, right? Like, it's almost out of necessity that he might be thrown in there because, again, they have Sam Mustafer lining up at right guard right now unless they add somebody. My guess is they take a look at these guys at least this weekend on the field at House Hall and rookie minicamp and then go from there. But if you're going to look at these old linemen and who can contribute early, I definitely think Zach Thomas. I think originally I probably would have had him ahead of Braxton Jones. Again, like sort of how Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker are 1A. 1B, B, you know, they're kind of like 8A, 8B at this point. Uh, But they're definitely, to me, the two of the linemen that will be in the mix. And I think the other two, which we're about to get to, are definitely more of the guys that might end up on the practice squad type guys. Yeah, and a guy like Zach Thomas, he played left tackle, he played right tackle. So if he has to move again to, you know, an entirely different position inside, 
at least he's made a switch before from one side to the other. So let's see how that projects, and the Bears will get a good indication of that this weekend at rookie minicamp. I mean, if he could be even remotely as productive as the last Zach Thomas that played in the NFL, I think that'd be a good thing. I think it'll yeah. work. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. You guys know that other Zach yes, Thomas? Yes, we someone. Yes. <laughs> that one's not as uh, way back in the... Carl Pickens? Yes. Yeah. Stone Age. He's not a Carl. Um, bringing it back. All right. <laughs> Number 10 on your list. we got two guys left. Who do you got? Yeah, the last two O-linemen, uh, Jatire Carter here. Um, definitely, I think, uh, a guy who... It sounds like he's probably going to move inside, too, mm-hmm. but I think he needs a little bit more... Um, seasoning and development. I think where he's probably going to factor in ultimately, if you know he turns out to be a successful draft pick, would be sort of that do everything lineman who can play tackle, basically back up four out of the five positions, like an Every, Alex Bars type yeah, of player, exactly okay. versatile, sticks sticks on, around because of that. Probably spends some time on the practice squad, maybe shuttles back and forth, but he can fill in at. Tackle if he needs to. Fill in at guard. Probably just not center. Bars even gave you some reps did, at center. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Carter can do that, but he would be the next guy. And then last on the list is Doug Kramer, who, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to knock him by putting him last. It's really the lack of p- positional mm-hmm. versatility here. I think he can be a solid backup center, but somebody like that, if we, we've talked about this before, to be, to be given a jersey and be active on game day as the backup center, you yeah. usually need, need to be able to play guard too so that you're giving the coaches uh, some options, man. Options depending on who goes down in the middle of a game. So sometimes a more talented player might actually be inactive just because he's locked into one position. So I that's the only thing with Kramer that I think will, will hurt him a little bit is we know Lucas Patrick's going to be the starter. I think, ideally, Doug Kramer's kind of a down-the-line backup center. Yeah, and that, that seems about right. And I know, like, a knock on him is, like, his size and stuff like that. I was, like, looking at his arm length and compared it to the it's first center. Short there. arms. Yeah. It's actually, he's got longer arms than Tyler Linderbaum. I'm like, okay, oh, interesting. Okay. I did not, I wasn't hey, expecting that. And that's my guy, yeah. But he <laughs> obviously, you know, he got drafted by the Ravens. But, yeah, just the, that position, not, the lack of versatility is kind of where... Kramer comes in at 11 there, Adam. But, yeah, there's there's all 11 there. And um, I, I think for the most part, what I was seeing in the comments, like, people agreed. Yeah. Like, where you guys, where you had everyone pegged here. Um, and the one thing I also threw in my my column that I just stood out to me is that they they drafted four team captains too, and yeah. I wouldn't you know I I, I that's a, that's something that definitely ends up in the scouting reports and is not necessarily you know top priority, but certainly checks a box to be one of the guys that a college program relied on. So Jaquan Brisker was one of those guys. Elijah Hicks was a team captain at Cal. Uh, Zach Thomas and then Doug Kramer too. So and. Yeah, you, looking for those traits and also Adam, like I was telling you right before we went live, only um, out of the eleven, only four didn't play in the Senior Bowl or Shrine Bowl. So Kyler Gordon didn't, Jaquan Brisker, Trenton Gill, Doug Kramer, but everybody else was either on a Senior Bowl roster or on, in that Shrine Bowl. Again, the Bears getting an opportunity to kind of see these guys up close, get a little bit more homework done on some of these players. Yeah, and that comment that was up right there that um, if they get one lineman out of these four, they'll be happy. You know. Once, yeah, I, I, you know, if you get one starter and then one guy that sticks around for a while as a backup, consider where they drafted them. That's actually a win. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If you could get a look, if you can get a Charlo, Charles Leno Jr. 
out of this draft in terms yeah. of a seventh round draft pick that could stick around and be a serviceable guy, you'll take it. Yeah, you'll take it. Um, all right, coming up next, we are going to talk about some jersey numbers because the Bears did announce the jersey numbers for these rookies. Uh, but first, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, including that Bears things comment. We're talking about all the coverage from Nick and Will over the weekend and continued coverage this weekend with Rookie Minicamp. You get all of that at allchgo.com. And you can get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. So with points bet, that's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 more first-time deposit at points bet any questions email points bet at allchgo.com we will help you out your home for live in play betting just got even better with the nba playoffs going on they have the live nba same game parlay on points bet you can build the perfect live nba same game parlay and you can boost those parlays watch live parlay live boost live with points bet online signup is available in illinois download the points bet app right now register your account from start to finish all from your phone once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 i have to tell you about our next partner athletic greens as you know i've been taking my athletic greens every morning before my workouts and i feel great after taking them with one scoop of athletic greens you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. This mixture of ingredients helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus. And that's why, again, I take my Athletic Greens, and you should too. What's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs you less than a cup of coffee a day. Also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Bears to take ownership over your health, and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. All right, we thought we'd have some fun in this next segment with jersey numbers because the Bears did announce the jersey numbers for at least the draft picks uh, yesterday and still kind of getting used to some of these. Mm-hmm. Like what, oh, yeah. what different positions uh, you can wear. Um, but we do have the jersey numbers to show you, and then we are going to kind of go through some of the history of some of these jersey numbers. But, uh, you know, a nice start <laughs> there uh, with Gordon and Brisker. Gordon will be wearing number six. Brisker wearing number nine. Yeah, nice. I see what you did there. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Adam, actually, how do you feel? So I saw some fans on, on Twitter just kind of like the single-digit yeah. jersey. Like, how do you feel about, like for the defensive backs? You, you go with single digits? I'm good with it because I watch so much college football. I'm used to That's it. That's true. Yeah. Like, it doesn't bother me. Um but, yeah, it was a little weird when Eddie Jackson was wearing four last year at yeah. first. But we get used to it. 
So now the safeties will be four and six. Well, I mean, Eddie Jackson wearing four made sense because he looked like a punter trying to tackle. (laughs) Zing. Wow. Wow. Shots have been definitely fired. Wow. (laughs) Remember, that was our Aaron Rodgers lookalike producer. He did that. Who who said that? (laughs) Um, Let's go through some of these jersey numbers, and we'll talk about (laughs) who wore it last and who's the best player in Bears history to wear that specific number. So if you want to chime in in the comments with your opinion, we can do that. Um, But so Kyler Gordon's going to wear number six. Danny Trevathan wore number six. I honestly forgot about that. Yes. Well, because he didn't really play. That is true. Yeah. (laughs) So Danny Trevathan did wear six last. And then here are the guys in contention for for the best number six. You have obviously Jay Cutler, Mm -hmm. who was – the, the next person in line there, all-time leader in passing yards, completion attempts, touchdowns, quarterback rating, 300-yard passing game. Again, maybe not saying much because it's the Bears. But then you also have Kevin Butler. Again, 11 careers with the Bears and – or 11, 11 years with the Bears and, you know, a fourth-round pick out of Georgia and, you know, obviously helped win that Super Bowl. But, uh, Adam, is it a debate? Is it – Well, here's the only thing. Debate, I just want to – if Danny Trevathan had worn number six the entire time – I would actually give it to Danny Trevathan. Um, I think he was terribly underrated as a player for as long as he was a bear. And yes, it got bad towards the end. He clearly was, you know, losing the speed that he had. But he was a good linebacker. He was. Um, but he f- wore uh, fifty nine, right, for most of the time. Fifty nine, correct. Um, yep. For most of the time, he was a bear, and then just switched to six. So his one year as wearing number six, yeah. I, I don't. I think it takes him out of contention. Um, Cutler. It, this is actually kind of tough, yeah. but I'm going to go with the kicker, okay. right? I'm going with butthead. Kevin Butler <laughs> is one of the best kickers the Bears have ever had. Uh, Super Bowl champion. I mean, that was my immediate thought. When I saw the numbers, I was like, butthead. That's the first thing I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think of smoking Jay. I do think Cutler deserves more credit than he gets, but I am going to go with Kevin Butler. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Um, like, you can't say the same thing about Jay Cutler being, like, the best. He was the best quarterback right now, but I don't think that's going to be the case in hopefully a couple of years down the road. But, yeah, I'm going with Kevin Butler as the best number six. If six sticks for Gordon, he could. He yeah, could not easily, a whole lot yeah. of competition here no, to, be completely honest. to be the best. <laughs> All right, Jaquan Brisker. And who wore it last was Nick Foles. And Remember him? Yes, he, he was just. Who? Uh, like, yeah. yeah. Who was that? He was a, he was a guy. Super Bowl MVP. Um, but. Okay, you think of number nine, you have to think of Robbie Gold. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. The franchise all-time leading scorer in Robbie Gold. But if you go a little bit before that, you have Jim McMahon as well. So the last <laughs> Super Bowl winning quarterback. A little bit before that. Little Just bit. a little. Just a little. 35. This is kind of tough. Again, I went with McMahon, but that's who I am. I'm well, old. So it's like one is the best player in his position mm-hmm. in Bears history. Um, the other... Is not, but it is the quarterback position, and he did win the Super Bowl. Jay Zawaski is looking at me right now, and it's creeping me out. So I want to hear his opinion. <laughs> I want him to just yell it out. Oh, okay. I just want awesome. him to yell it out. Jay's coming over <laughs> here, you guys. Give us a sec. I and need because I, I I feel like first of all, you're wrong for not taking Cutler. It's a kicker. Okay, it's a kicker. And right. so is Robbie Gold. Okay. He's able to feed his family. Don't worry about him. Jim McMahon is the GOAT number nine. Come on. It's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. How is this even I got to defend my kickers, though. You got to understand. Special team guy over here. Special team guy. Great. Very special. We're happy for you. 
but a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah. And an icon of the franchise who's still involved, still vocal, very vocal. I mean, Robbie Gold. Okay. Is he even here's a question. When Robbie Gold's career is over, will he be remembered as a bear? Uh, probably not. He's probably a 49er, right? He will here. He was here well, long. Yeah. I know what I you're saying. Yeah. I mean, if he gets that Super Bowl with the Niners, then yeah. yeah then I, I just can't. I'm sorry. I'm as an old offensive lineman, I just can't put a kicker or a punter on my greatest of all time list. Fair enough. Okay. All Fair right. enough. I like that. Uh, someone <laughs> asked, uh, what about Shane Matthews? Thanks, Jay. Oh, what time's nine. the Bear, the Blackhawks pod? <laughs> Do you even remember Shane Matthews? No, one thirty, one thirty. I may have Jay seen that where I was getting the numbers from, but okay. Oops, one thirty for the Blackhawks show. Um, he doesn't know who Shane Matthews is, Lawrence. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I, knew you, I knew you missed that. So I just wanted to make sure you, you saw that. <sighs> Sorry, sweet sweet Nicholas, <laughs> young Nicholas. All right. <laughs> Uh, I am gonna I am gonna agree and go with Jim McMahon because he super Super Bowl winning quarterback. How do you go against that? Yeah, I don't think. You can. But I I just want to note it. I'm still giving Robbie Gold his respect. Yeah, yeah, he definitely gets his respect and his credit. All right, uh, what do we got next? Number twelve, Bayless Jones Jr. and last Allen Robinson. You guys remember that guy before everything kind of went downhill at this last season? But you have yeah, there wasn't um. Okay, we have Josh McCown, who was a, I guess a notable 12, right? Yeah, he yeah. stole a lot of money, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah he definitely did. And then you have uh, Eric Kramer, played, yeah. played in Chicago. For what about season. Matt Barkley? Oh, oh yes, I yes. did see him on there. Yes, what about Matt Barkley? See, to, <laughs> yeah. me it's, to me, it's more fun to just name all the random quarterbacks yeah. that wore these, these <laughs> numbers, because there's a lot of them. Yeah, some of these lists get, like, really long. Jonathan Quinn. Okay. War number 12. Yes, yes, he did. Um, and if we we're going to go wide receiver, want random wide receiver? How about Marcus Wheaton? Oh, my God. He, I think it, that, yeah. that one didn't Oof. work. It, it did not. It definitely did not. So, yeah, number 12 doesn't have the, um, doesn't have the best rap right now. All right, we're going. Uh, did you answer it, though? I, eh. Yeah, wait, what? Yeah, what was your answer? Eh. I know mine. What, I want to hear your answer. Yeah. My immediate thought was Eric Kramer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Loved Eric Kramer. Mine is too. Eric Kramer, I mean, he was like legitimately good. He was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Not just he was like, here for five years longer than Allen Robinson. Yeah. I, it's too bad last year happened with Allen Robinson and then he's not here anymore. But I think you got to go with Eric Kramer. What, yeah, are the, I, what are the comments saying? When well, it comes to this, Rob says that uh, Nick probably I got know that who Eric one. Is. Okay, the, what, uh, I forgot who who was the last of. I don't even I don't even remember his name. Um, Shane Matthews. Yes. Yeah. Well, you yeah, don't. You Shane definitely Matthews. don't remember Jonathan Quinn. Oh God, no. Yeah. No idea. Very brief memory. Um, I'm going with a Rob. Yeah, Agent Mull says a Rob. Okay, I'll go with a Rob. Some of these are tough, actually. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna get down. I think there's some tough ones left here. So, uh, we have next on the list here. Number 70, which is now Braxton Jones. But the last guy that wore it, Elijah Wilkinson. And then I have... Elijah Wilkinson. Yes. Um, he, <laughs> he ended up more on COVID. You know, <laughs> just... COVID uh, but then we have Herman Lee, tackle drafted in 1954 by Pittsburgh. Played nine years in Chicago, primarily at left tackle. And that was my list. <laughs> I think... Um, like the the title of most times on the COVID list in Chicago this year, <laughs> Zach Levine and Elijah Wilkinson. Yeah, yep, they would definitely be up there. Like, and I'm not even sure. I think they're both three. 
I think they both the number was Sounds the final right. number was three. Or did Wilkinson end up on fourth time? It wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Uh, would number seventy is a tough number in Bears history. Uh, Michael Ola. <laughs> hey, you got you got Lawrence? No, no clue. No, no. I, ha- I I didn't have one. Any of these uh, lineman numbers? When I looked at the the all those, I was like, I can't think of a single guy that wore any of these <laughs> four numbers. It's tough. Bob Pickens, is he related to Carl Pickens? Ah, oh. now there's a good question. <laughs> how, far, how deep into the Pickens tree are we going deep here? Deep dive, deep dive. Um, wow. Yeah, no one else there, right? I, I, that's why I didn't put him on my list because it gets gets murky. gets real murky. I mean, I want to give the title to Braxton Jones. All right, Braxton. I don't think you have big shoes to fill. Oh, yeah, Bobby Massey Bobby wore Massey. number 70. Thank you, 8-Hour Vibes. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. That's that's true. So, why is he not on the... Is he not... Was it 70? Or was it, I probably would have put him on. No, he did, and he's okay. not on the uh, pro football reference uh, list for that number. So, that's uh, why. Eight Hour Vibes also says, let's all make up names to confuse Nick. I don't think <laughs> yeah. we need to make could, up any names to confuse that's Nick, mean. though. That's yeah. mean. We could be like, have you ever heard of George Foles? Remember when he played no, quarterback? We could, we could ask to say George Blanda, and he'd be like, huh? Who? <laughs> huh? You're saying it's unnecessary yeah. to... Yes, to, uh, yes yeah. correct. Thank you. I, I appreciate you, you guys. Um, all right. Uh, we go now to number 91, which will be worn by Dominique Robinson. Last person who wore, uh, wore that jersey was Eddie Goldman. Yep. But also someone that we've had on the show before, Tommy Harris. That, that's the immediate guy that I thought Immediately. of with 91. Yeah, that's the clear-cut answer. We don't need to go any further. It's Tommy Harris. Yeah, and that's all I have on the list. So. It's definitely Tommy Harris, who is definitely also the best guest we've ever had on this show to wear number 91. Yes, that is that is also true. Yeah, The only contestant, too. Um, all right. Next up would be 74, worn by currently Zach Thomas. Last was Jermaine Effetti. All right. And then, come on, it's, it's Jimbo Covert, Hall of Famer. Oh they man! Seasons. Oh man! I forgot Jimbo wore seventy four. Hey. Yeah. Oh yeah. You get. Yeah. That's, I get docked points that. for that. No, he's definitely the top choice right away. Um, other players though who have worn it: Jermon Bushrod when yep. he was here. Jermon mm-hmm. Bushrod played some good football. He did. Um, before Charles Leno took over in that spot, and uh, Chris Williams. Okay. Yeah, that one didn't yeah. work, yeah. but he did wear it. So <laughs> let's hope it goes better for Zach Thomas. Hopefully. All right, going down the list here, we have number 31, Tristan Ebner, and you have Michael Joseph. Did I not put Nathan Vasher on here? <gasps> yeah, should have. That's the name wow. I thought of. Well, I, I'm glad I, I got the name, but you also have Joe Fortunato. Okay. 12 years with the Bears, linebacker, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro Hall of Famer in the 1950s. Come on, Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we all Come know on. him. Come on, get no, your history. Well, Lawrence definitely remembers him. Yeah, I remember I, I those, those 50s days, yeah. You know, oh, man, I loved going to Wrigley to watch the Bears back <laughs> in my younger teen years. What about Rashawn Salam? Yes. <laughs> Salam, let's go. Nick has no idea. Let's let's quickly look at Nick's face. So right here's he has a, no idea. <laughs> yeah, you should just. <laughs> okay, so it Come looks on, to Nick. me like history would probably tell us that Fortunato is probably the answer. Um, but Nathan Vasher should be up there. Too. I in, at least Vasher. in my lifetime, I gotta go with Nathan Nathan Vasher. Yeah. Is that fair? It's Vasher. Yeah. I, I did. I mean, Rashawn Salam. He was kind of a bust, unfortunately. Oh yeah, I was joking about yeah. Rashawn okay. Salam, but yeah. he did wear the Not number. Him. That one did. Bad. No, yeah, no, that one didn't work out. <laughs> All right, we go to sixty-eight with Doug Kramer. 
My guy, James Daniels, uh, wore it last. And then I have on here Jim Osborne as someone else who wore Stop looking at me like <laughs> you're, like, duping me with these guys from the 30s. Look at all this Did history. he get you? Yeah. yeah. Seventh-round draft pick in 1972 draft. Played in 186 games, 13 seasons for the Bears. And that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, history probably tells us he's the answer. James Daniels. Actually, probably in the conversation. I'm going to go with Matt Slauson, though. Oh, okay, yeah. Matt, somebody just randomly yelled, that, yeah. That was Jake Flanagan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh that, Wow, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. He screamed in two different places, somehow, like, through the computer with yeah. his typing yeah. and in real life with well, his no, words. He, he had said that, and I was about to click it on the screen there, and then ah. you said it, and he screamed it. Yeah. Perfect. Good no, time. but Matt, Matt Slauson, first of all, really good dude. Um, well-respected in that locker room. And, um, did you see Kyle Long's video yesterday, Adam, where he like credited Matt Slauson as being like that veteran that he looked up to and was scared of him initially, but Hey, I would be too, but, um, yeah, Matt Slauson, that's definitely worthy. Um, that's what I would go with for 68. Yeah. All right. We have the nice 69 Jatari Carter. Mm-hmm. Last to wear it was Rashad Coward. Okay, Yikes. and then my guy. And then you have Jared Allen for a hot minute. <laughs> that war is for, and I honestly forgot about that. But also Henry Melton. Anyone? Anybody? Oh yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, Jake again is saying Henry Melton in the chat. I'm not okay, gonna put him yeah. on. Yeah, screen. no, I think I like it's Henry Melton. The answer is probably Henry Melton. Um, Jared Allen. Well, Jared Allen's the best player yeah, to ever yeah. wear it. Yes, Jared Allen, or, Hall of Fame, Bears Hall of Famer. Right? <laughs> but like, I don't know. I don't think his Bears years qualify him no, for that. No, definitely, doesn't. if you're gonna look at it that way, definitely his not. Bears year, right? Wasn't Bears it just year, one? yeah. Uh, it was like one and a quarter because okay. they they he started 2015 with the John Fox Vic Fangio defense was not a fit in that scheme at, at all. all, and somehow they traded. They actually got something for him. They traded him to Carolina. It's the name, then that's Allen. where he. I think he finished his career there. And I think that was his last stop. Um, so, yeah, it, the Jared Allen thing didn't really work out. <laughs> but he got to experience the 2014 Chicago Bears, which anybody who got to experience that uh, was clearly a winner. <laughs> and I just I just remember when he was uh, sent to the Hall of Fame last year, I remember looking for video of him as a Bear to put on our Chicago-based show. Like, hey, yeah, this guy, he was on the Bears. Yeah. He's now the Hall of Famer. Let's go Bears. Sure. <laughs> Just yeah, it just looked weird. All right, we're going to number thirty-seven, which is now worn by Elijah Hicks. But before that was Tease Tabor, and the guy that I, I thought about before that was Bryce Callahan. And that's, some of these numbers are rough, man. Yeah, this is where thirty-seven is like. Yeesh. Yeah, I, I don't think I thought of any thirty-sevens from back in the day. I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think anybody in the chat has either. I mean, to- Pro Football Tony Reference Parrish. is. Broke when I put number thirty-seven in. <laughs> okay, to try to look it up. So I don't think that's a good omen. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Jason McKee. Did oh McKee, man, did McKee? I was wondering if he was yeah. thirty-seven or thirty-eight, but yeah, he wore thirty-seven. Uh, thank you. Jake uh, says Tony Parrish. Yeah, well, that would be another good one. Uh, Joey, thank you, Joey. But yeah, no, Jason McKee. Jason McKee. I'm sorry. Gotta go. Over. I don't know how I. Yeah, no, Tony. Maybe pro football reference broke uh, for me too. Yeah, okay. No, <laughs> it finally it finally loaded here. Um, Tony Parrish has to be the answer in terms of if you're going to look at all the Bears. Tony Parrish, of course, played from uh, 
98 to 2001 and was a very good player. But I think, like, I have to go with Jason McKee just out of necessity. Um, <laughs> since he is our head coach at Carmel. Shout out to <laughs> J-Mac. Love you, buddy. Um, but, yeah, how can you, there's some awesome highlights, though, uh, if you go back to um, like good old the days. Super Bowl year mm-hmm. with Jason McKee and some of those. He would have some collision insane <laughs> combo blocks on guys where he's taking two guys out at once, setting up those uh, – touchdowns um and he was helping Devin Hester on special teams get all those returns so don't sleep on J-Mac for number 37 all right that leads to the last number here good old number 16 now worn by Trent Gill last by Pat O'Donnell and then I have Craig Krenzel as 16 oh my god Craig Krenzel (laughs) jeez didn't he Wait, was he the one that won a game in Dallas, or am I thinking of someone else? Um, we That's funny you brought that up. We were actually having that conversation a few weeks ago at the owners' meetings. Um, <laughs> I believe the Dallas game you're thinking of, which I think was on Thanksgiving, was Jonathan Quinn. Uh, yeah. Okay. But some of our comments will know. The yeah. Craig Krenzel game was in Tennessee, I'm almost positive. And the offense was horrendous in that game. And I want to say, like, Erlacher forced a turnover near the opposing goal line and got them the ball like at the two-yard line and they were able to score and they they somehow won that game like nine to seven or like it was like single game. digit game um but yeah I we were actually trying to think of that Dallas game that I know you're I know you're talking I know exactly what you're talking about Adam how does that w- even get brought wait, up WSK says <laughs> Chad Hutchinson on yes oh, that's okay. it yeah good call thank you WSK that was Hutchinson I knew somebody would have it. Um, I mean, it's Bob Thomas or Pat O'Donnell. Uh, yeah. The GM comes in again from uh, from his office. Number 16, Todd Sauerbrunn or George Blanda? <sighs> I mean, I, I love Sauerbrunn. Yeah. Punt the shit out of the ball. And I'm going... It could be George Blanda. Uh, Todd Sauerbrunn is... Uh, to me, mostly known for um, refusing to kick away from Devin Hester when he was the Broncos punter, he like made a point. Of Which being is like, another, I'm not afraid of Devin another Hester. reason to pick him because that's hilarious that he yeah. thought that, and then Devin just took it to the house on him. Yeah, he did twice. I think twice. Twice yeah. in that game. Yeah. Good memory. I'm pretty sure that was twice. And uh, yeah, it's Todd Sauerbrown. See, I love specialists like that though. <laughs> that just don't. They, they just like they talk and they're like part. Of, it's entertainment. It's entertainment. Was that the game where Hester returned one and then went into the tunnel? Is that is that right? Am I remembering that correctly? Where he kind Ooh, of that part I don't one, remember. He leaped over somebody and then just went to the tunnel. He eventually obviously came back, but uh, was that in uh, like Bo Jackson? I feel like yeah, I know like Bo Jackson. Does Nick know who Bo Jackson is? <laughs> I do. I okay, do know just checking. Bo Jackson. Uh, I, I thought that might have been but in only because he's wearing a White Sox shirt. I thought that yes. might have been in St. Louis for some reason. I I picture it being in a dome, but maybe that is my Bo Jackson clouded memory that is thinking that it was in a dome. Well, uh, it could be because he had a couple at the Edwards jo- uh, Edwards Jones Dome. Uh, I think that was his rookie year mm-hmm. to kick against off the Rams. Rams. Yeah. yeah, Jose so. says yes. That was in Denver. Yes. Okay. I right do have some kind of memory. It's good when you have that many return touchdowns that we can't remember. I love Devin Hester so much. Oh, my God. He, I, I still say to this day, he is the most exciting bear I've ever watched. Easily. And that's no disrespect to Walter Payton because I, you know, Walter Payton was like right. 
he was retiring as I was like being conscious of what was happening on the mm-hmm. football field. Like I have vague memories of Walter Payton playing, but I can't really appreciate it beyond the highlights. So in my lifetime, as a 36 year old, Devin Hester is the most exciting. I'm not saying he's the best. I'm saying like he's the guy you could never miss. Oh if yeah, they were kicking the ball. Oh, 100%, you had yeah. to you had to have your eyes on Devin Hester. I mean, the moment the Arizona game for me. Yeah, I was sure. right down the street uh, at uh, the now shuttered Union Park. Uh, bar there okay. and it was I was there for both the Sox clinching the World Series and that game uh-huh. it was as loud and crazy that night as it was when the Sox mm. won it was it was nuts yeah I remember going to a Devin Hester football camp and he was like I don't know maybe a couple feet away from me and I just couldn't do it I yeah. couldn't couldn't get myself to approach him um, just because of again who he was and how Instrumental he was for me to actually get into football, but yeah, easily. Um, shout out to uh, Devin Hester's son, by the way. He's coming, oh. and he is. I oh watched him play. Actually, oh my god, yeah, he's already. His filthy. highlights are ridiculous. Yeah, he's. Uh, I they, they were playing in Libertyville actually. Oh, so they they came because well, he still has camps up here. Was it? Yeah, that? yeah. So or he they was, just came up here and played. They came up here and played, and literally, Devin Hester's son got the ball each time and took it for a touchdown. He's he's got his dad's. Uh, you know, football, everything in there. So it's really cool. Um, before we pick up this this football conversation. I Soldier have, boy. <laughs> there you go. Amazing. Um, do you want to start your day with competitive edge? I'm sure you do. How you can do that is with Strava CBD coffee because it's an absolute game changer, much like Devin Hester. And it's helped thousands ooh, of people ooh. to improve their overall well, wellness. Add that to the ad read. That's life. pretty good. That That's in. good, mm-hmm. good improv. I, uh, Devin Hester might ask for some royalties. That is true. Never mind then. <laughs> uh, well, Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. And just so you know, CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you, like feeling alert and focused without the jitters, living your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling at your best. And the best part about all this, you guys, is that Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated, full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effect of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code CHGO25 at checkout. Discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only, one use per customer. And do you already love Strava? Subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you're in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. All right. Tiny, tiny news item to get to before we get out of here. <laughs> and then uh, do have some time for some super chats uh, and some questions um, as we inch towards rookie mini camp, which we'll talk about in a second as well. But the Bears did make a roster move yesterday, claiming wide receiver Chris Fink off of waivers from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you may remember him because he is from Notre Dame, played wide mm-hmm. receiver there, played with Cole Komet there, um, and he was on the Chiefs roster, signed to a reserve future deal. Uh, let's see. He was actually signed there last year and then got hurt 
yep. during OTAs, one of those injury settlement guys. Um, so he wasn't on a roster during the season. Um, and then, but there's kind of that connection to the Chiefs because Ryan Poles was obviously yeah. the executive director of player personnel last year when they had Fink on the roster. So they brought him back, had him on a deal, waived him. The Bears got him. Imagine there's some communication there between the two teams, given the mm-hmm. relationships, and now yeah. he's a Bear. So I don't know how much he'll be able to help the Bears, but he is uh, one more guy to keep in, uh, an eye on during camp. Yeah, you know, only 5'10", 184 pounds. Did some good things in Notre Dame, but look, they Bears brought in a, you know, a good amount of wide receivers as those undrafted free agents to really look at this this weekend. So if Chris Fink's going to... You know, make a, a name for himself. It's like you have all those guys compete with it. I guess they do have a couple guys on their roster, right? Even though we joke about it, but he's yeah. a guy who who um, might be eligible to participate in camp this week. Okay, um, there are some uh, guys who've been in the league for a couple years. If they haven't played in games or they've only spent time on the practice squad, I believe that they are able to participate in rookie mini camp. So every year you see a few of those guys. I wonder if that's uh, if we get to House Hall tomorrow, if he's going to be on the roster as somebody who, if he's healthy, I assume he is at this point, um, who can factor in. So that might be part of the equation here too. Um, yeah. Comment there. I wish there was a way to communicate to these rookies how vital it is that they play well against the Packers. It, obviously, I mean, that is really important. Especially on defense. Yeah. Against Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Now, do you think Do you think we should get Flus to uh, put up the uh – you know, there's all the signage in inside House Hall where maybe, like, every word that has a G in it, he doesn't show it. Like, you know how the at, at Ohio State <laughs> oh, they put yeah. the red X for every oh. M? Yeah. Or just call it the team up north, T-T-U-N. Sometimes that happens the team up north. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Remember last help? year that awkward moment when I did the comp of the uh, Bears-Packers rivalry to Ohio State-Michigan, and I pointed out to Justin Fields that the, the Bears were the Michigan. Yeah, I was there. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it was a valid point in question, but I don't think he liked it very much, and I guess I can't blame him. Yeah, but, I mean, look, when you look at the Packers and you look at the Bears, there's obviously – it's one-sided. It's one-sided in terms of everything. Mm-hmm. But I get it. I get where – Hey, Michigan – They did. Do, they did. Yeah, yeah, Michigan did finally break through. Mm-hmm. In a big way. Wasn't even close. Shout out to former Bears quarterback Jim Harbaugh. Did you know that, Nick? <laughs> I did. Okay, Have you heard of Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a running joke all season. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to brush up on At all least my all history. off season. I mean, during okay. the season, we probably have bigger fish to fry, but, you know. That's true. This summer. I'm going to catch up on all my history. Yeah. Read a book. I'm just gonna be yeah. throwing out names like Fred Barnett and but they're gonna be real Jeffries. names. Like if they're fake names, oh they're real names. Like, oh crap! I, oh my! Yeah. Most of my knowledge comes from Tech Mobile. So just so you know, I'm gonna play Tech Mobile. Gil Fennerty. You know who that is? No, you don't. <laughs> he was the guy I brought in on special teams for the Saints when I played on Tech Mobile. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> All right. Um. Oh, anyway. Rookie minicamp this weekend. We will hear from these draft picks. We will get to see them up close um, on the field. Again, these, these are just the practices between the rookie, a lot of tryout players. Um, but it's still nice to get our eyes on them for the first time. You get small little things. Like, I'll never forget, I had seen Justin Fields play in person a couple times when he was at Ohio State, and I remember being down there on the sideline being like, man, he's a big dude. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you kind of forget that, and then he showed up for rookie minicamp last year, and I remember being like, right away when I saw him, like, Ah, you forget how big he is. Yeah, he's a yeah. big dude. So there's little stuff like that just to get your eyes on these players for the first time. And we're also going to hear from the coordinators 
this weekend. So a lot of good stuff going on at, at House Hall, and um, we'll have all the coverage for you at allchgo.com. Yeah, this will be my first rookie minicamp that I'll be a part of, so get to check that yeah. out for the first time. See, like, again, these 11 draft picks and all these undrafted free agents and, you know, trial players up close and personal. Our question here from Adam. Do you see 2023 as a no-lose season? If things go well, great. If things go meh, Bears have a top seven-ish pick and can draft someone like Jackson Smith, Nigba. If the disaster strikes, draft Stroud, uh, CJ oh. Stroud. Yeah. Who? Oh yeah. Just so if things go bad for Justin Fields, draft another Ohio State quarterback. Draft his replacement <laughs> sure, at Ohio sure. State. I'm assuming that he's talking about 2022. Yeah, and then the 2023 draft. I think is that what that yeah, means. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, see. The part where you're talking about drafting another quarterback to replace Justin Fields, that's a lose season. That To me, that is a huge disaster season. I, I get where you're coming from with the question, and I do agree with the idea that you can have a successful season that isn't necessarily piling up wins. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, I do think if you are drafting like in the top five, things didn't work out with Justin Fields. And... You're looking at quarterbacks next year in the draft. That's a disaster. You trade it up in the first round to get the guy. He has to hit. He has to be your guy. So that is absolutely a lose, in my opinion. And the thing is, too, that I think that just messed with the timeline. The Bears are yes. kind of on with 2023 being a season where you want to be more competitive. You have the capital in terms of the draft and just the money. So if Justin Fields doesn't pan out or if he doesn't even make strides in year two, like that I would consider as a – it doesn't matter about the wins, losses, to be completely honest. For me in 2022, it matters about what Justin Fields does in terms of growth. If he doesn't show us something in this second year, I would consider that a losing season. And the Bears are expecting him to take a big, big jump. But like we talked about, the weapons aren't necessarily around them, but I still think Fields can do stuff by himself to show that he is growing as a quarterback. I just want to know which one of you is going to read the eight-hour vibes comment here and then do your Yoda impression at the last line there. Uh, I do not have a Yoda. Sorry. I apologize. Do you have a Yoda? Sure, why not? Uh, Eight-hour vibes says, I'd be wary of deciding who we draft in 2023 already. Difficult to see. Always in motion is the future. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Thank you. That was pretty good. I like how you teed that up just so you could do it. You could do it. Yeah. I know, I, like I know. It. I can't help it. It's the narcissist in me. I can't no, help it. No, I, I loved it. I love it. It's a good way to end the show today. A little bit of humor. Appreciate it. Um, we will be back tomorrow. So the show tomorrow is at 3 o'clock. It's not at 11 because we're going to be at House Hall watching these rookies. And we're going to hear from Matt Eberflus. We're going to hear from some of the draft picks. And uh, then we'll do our show afterwards. So 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Uh, recapping the first day of Rookie Minicamp. Then we'll be back Monday to tell you everything that happened. And in the meantime, check out all the coverage at allchgo.com for our members because we will have plenty up there over the weekend from House Hall. Thanks for watching. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at, at, Adam, oh, at Adam Hogue. He's at, at Nicholas Moriano. You can find us at chgo underscore bears and underscore sports and underscore all of our sports teams here as we cover it all here at CHGO. Thanks for watching today. We will talk to you tomorrow, three o'clock.